Chapter 12, verses 28 through 44. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Mark, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any question. Gloss. After that the Lord confuted the Pharisees and the Sadducees who tempted him. It is here shown how he satisfied the scribe who questioned him. Wherefore it is said, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Pseudo-Jerome. This question is only that which is a problem common to all skilled in the law, namely, that the commandments are differently set forth in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. Wherefore he brought forward not one but two commandments, by which, as by two paps, rising on the breast of the bride, our infancy is nourished. And therefore there is added, And Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. He mentions the first and greatest commandment of all. This is that to which each of us must give the first place in his heart, as the only foundation of piety, that is, the knowledge and confession of the divine unity, with the practice of good works, which is perfected in the love of God and our neighbor. Wherefore there is added, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy mind, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Theophylact, see how he enumerates all the powers of the soul. For there is a living power in the soul, which he explains when he says, With all thy soul, and to this belong anger and desire, all of which he will have us give to divine love. There is also another power, which is called natural, to which belong nutriment and growth, and this also is all to be given to God, for which reason he says, with all thy heart. There is also another power, the rational, which he calls the mind, and that too is to be given whole to God. Gloss. The words which are added, and with all thy strength, may be referred to the bodily powers. It goes on, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Theophylact. He says that it is like, because these two commandments are harmonious one with the other, and mutually contain the other. For he who loves God, loves also his creature. 
but the chief of his creatures is man. Wherefore he who loves God ought to love all men. But he who loves his neighbor, who so often offends him, ought much more to love him, who is ever giving him benefits. And therefore, on account of the connection between these two commandments, he adds, There is none other commandment greater than these. It goes on, And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the soul, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all Holborn offerings and sacrifices. Bede, he shows when he says this is greater than all sacrifices, that a grave question was often debated, between the scribes and the Pharisees, which was the first commandment, or the greatest of the divine law. That is, some praised offerings and sacrifices, others preferred acts of faith and love. Because many of the fathers before the law pleased God by that faith only, which works by love. This scribe shows that he was of the latter opinion, but it continues, And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Theophylact, by which he shows that he was not perfect, for he did not say, Thou art within the kingdom of heaven, but thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Bede, but the reason why he was not far from the kingdom of God was that he proved himself to be a favorer of that opinion which is proper to the New Testament and to gospel perfection. Augustine, nor let it trouble us that Matthew says that he who addressed this question to the Lord tempted him, for it may be that though he came as a tempter, yet he was corrected by the answer of the Lord. Or at all events, we must not look upon the temptation as evil and done with the intention of deceiving an enemy but rather as the caution of a man who wished to try a thing unknown to him. Pseudo-Jerome, or else he is not far who comes with knowledge, for ignorance is further from the kingdom of God than knowledge. Wherefore he says above to the Sadducees, Ye err, not knowing the scriptures or the power of God. It goes on, and no man after that durst ask him any questions. Bede, for since they were confuted in argument, they ask him no further questions, but take him without any disguise, and give him up to the Roman power, from which we understand that the venom of envy may be overcome, but we can hardly lie quiet. Verses 35-37 through 37. And Jesus answered and said, While he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the Son of David? For David himself said, By the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. Theophylact, because Christ was coming to his passion, he corrects a false opinion of the Jews, who said that Christ was the son of David, not his Lord. Wherefore it is said, And Jesus answered and said, While he taught in the temple, pseudo-Jerome, that is, he openly speaks to them of himself, that they may be unexcusable, for it goes on, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? Theophylact, but Christ shows himself to be the Lord by the words of David, for it goes on, for David himself said by the Holy Ghost, 
The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand. As if he had said, Ye cannot say that David said this without the grace of the Holy Spirit. But he called him Lord in the Holy Spirit, and that he is Lord. He shows by this that is added, Till I make thine enemies thy footstool. For they themselves were his enemies, whom God put under the footstool of Christ. Bede, but the putting down of his enemies by the Father does not show the weakness of the Son, but the unity of nature, by which one works in the other. For the Son also subjects the Father's enemies, because he glorifies his Father upon earth. Gloss. Thus then the Lord concludes from what has gone before the doubtful question. For from the foregoing words of David, it is proved that Christ is the Lord of David. But according to the saying of the scribes, it is proved that he is his son. And this is what is added. David himself then calls him Lord. How is he then his son? Bede. The question of Jesus is useful for us even now against the Jews. For they acknowledging that Christ is to come, assert that he is a mere man, a holy person descended from David. Let us then ask them, as our Lord has taught us, if he be a mere man, and only the son of David, how David in the Holy Spirit calls him Lord. They are not, however, reproved for calling him David's son, but for not believing him to be the son of God. It goes on, and the common people heard him gladly. Gloss, namely because they saw that he answered and put questions wisely. Verses 38 through 40. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing, and love salutations in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. Pseudo-Jerome. After confounding the scribes and the Pharisees, he burns up as a fire their dry and withered examples. Wherefore it is said, and he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing. Bede. To walk in long clothing is to go forth into public, clad in garments too much ornamented, in which, amongst other things, that rich man who fared sumptuously every day is said to have sinned. Theophylact. But they used to walk in honorable garments, because they wished to be highly esteemed for it, and in like manner they desired other things which lead to glory. For it goes on, and love salutations in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and the uppermost rooms at feasts. Bede, we must observe that he does not forbid that those to whom it falls by the rule of their office should be saluted in the marketplace, or have chief seats and places at feasts. But he teaches that those who love those things unduly, whether they have them or no, are to be avoided by the faithful as wicked men. That is, he blames the intention and not the office, although this too is culpable, that the very men who wish to be called masters of the synagogue in Moses' seat should have to do with lawsuits in the marketplace. We are in two ways ordered to beware of those who are desirous of vainglory. First, we should not be seduced by their hypocrisy into thinking that what they do is good, nor secondly, should we be excited to imitate them through a vain rejoicing in being praised for those virtues which they affect. Theophylact, 
He also especially teaches the apostles not to have any communication with the scribes, but to imitate Christ himself, and in ordaining them to be masters in the duties of life, he places others under them. Bede, but they do not only seek for praise from men, but also for gain. Wherefore there follows, which devour widows' houses under the pretense of long prayers. For there are men who, pretending to be just, hesitate not to receive money from persons who are troubled in conscience, as though they would be their advocates in the judgment. A hand stretched out to the poor is always an accompaniment to prayer, but these men pass the night in prayer that they may take away money from the poor. Theophylact, but the scribes used to come to women who were left without the protection of their husbands, as though they were their protectors, and by a pretense of prayer, a reverent exterior and hypocrisy, they used to deceive widows, and thus also devour the houses of the rich. It goes on, these shall receive a greater damnation, that is, than the other Jews who sinned. Verses 41 through 44. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which made a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Bede, the Lord who had warned them to avoid the desire of high place and vainglory, now distinguishes by a sure test those who brought in gifts. Wherefore it is said, And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. In the Greek language, Philassion means to keep, and Gaza is a Persian word for treasure. Wherefore, the word Gazophilacium, which is here used to mean a place where riches are kept, which name also was applied to the chest in which the offerings of the people were collected for the necessary uses of the temple, and to the porch in which they were kept. You have a notice of the porch in the gospel. These words spake Jesus in the treasury, as he taught in the temple, and of the chest in the book of the kings. But Joadiah the priest took a chest. Theophylact. Now there was a praiseworthy custom amongst the Jews, that those who were able and willing should put something into the treasury for the maintenance of the priests, the poor and the widows. Wherefore there is added, and many that were rich cast in much. But whilst many people were so engaged, a poor widow came up and showed her love by offering money according to her ability. Wherefore it is said, And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Bede. Reckoners use the word quadrans for the fourth part of anything, be it place, money, or time. Perhaps then in this place is meant the fourth part of a shekel, that is, five pence. It goes on, and he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For God does not weigh the property, but the conscience of those who offer. Nor did he consider the smallness of the sum in her offering, but what was the store from which it came. Wherefore he adds, For all 
they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Pseudo-Jerome, but in the mystical sense, they are rich who bring forth from the treasure of their heart things new and old, which are the obscure and hidden things of divine wisdom in both testaments. But who is the poor woman, if it be not I and those like me, who cast in what I can, and have the will to explain to you where I have not the power? For God does not consider how much ye have, but what is the store from which it comes? But each at all events can bring his farthing, that is, a ready will, which is called a farthing, because it is accompanied by three things, that is, thought, word, and deed. And in that it is said that she cast in all her living. It is implied that all that the body wants is that by which it lives. Wherefore it is said, all the labor of man is for his mouth. Theophylact, or else that widow is the soul of man, which leaving Satan, to which it had been joined, cast into the temple two mites, that is, the flesh and the mind, the flesh by abstinence, the mind by humility, that so it may be able to hear that it has cast away all its living, and has consecrated it, leaving nothing for the world of all that it possessed. Bede, again, in an allegorical way, the rich men who cast gifts into the treasury point out the Jews puffed up with the righteousness of the law. The poor widow is the simplicity of the church, poor indeed because she has cast away the spirit of pride and the desires of worldly things, and a widow because Jesus, her husband, has suffered death for her. She casts two mites into the treasury because she brings the love of God and of her neighbor, or the gifts of faith and prayer, which are looked upon as mites in their own insignificance, but measured by the merit of a devout intention, are superior to all the proud works of the Jews. The Jew sends of his abundance into the treasury because he presumes on his own righteousness, but the church sends her whole living into God's treasury because she understands that even her very living is not her own desert, but of divine grace. End of chapter 12